What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros, with your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Now, here's Balky and Blubber. What is up, Astros fans, and welcome to episode 57 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Balky, alongside my partner, the recently sedated Jeff Blum. <laughs> it seems in, in good spirits. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and of course, YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to keep up with us. Give us a follow on Twitter and now on Instagram, where you can find some... Quick snippets. That's right. <laughs> some quick snippets of audio <laughs> and video. Um, yeah, I got the Insta started, so it'll be fun. Uh, you can find me at Jeff Balky, Blummer at Blummer27, pretty much everywhere, also over social media. Thanks to everybody who's given us five stars, left all the good reviews. Keep them coming, especially on Apple. Just bang the monkey, as they uh, as they say in the business. Um, obviously, we read all your comments, love seeing them. One that we're gonna we're gonna talk about today is what is Blum's prep for the season, and how does it oh. change as the season goes on? Somebody asked yeah. that. I'm gonna bring that up here in a minute. Uh, quick point. reminder that you have until April 6th to vote for. This very podcast is the best baseball podcast uh, on sportspodcastinggroup.com. We are one of 12 finalists for that award. You have to go in there and log in. But you would be like our besties, basically. I mean, let's be honest. Our heroes, perhaps, um, if you went on there and voted for us. It's a, it's a huge honor for us. And so uh, we're, very, we're very glad to be amongst those excellent, including Wake and Rake, which is a pretty good baseball podcast on Believe. Um, pretty strong themselves. Uh, we're better. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, Blummer, how are you this afternoon? Are you uh, mourning the loss of Ar- your, that Arkansas took last night? To whoo, they yeah. took a crushing to UConn. My goodness. Yeah, they got exposed a little bit, uh, mm. and it's always those. Uh, you know, you have those great come from behind wins against a number one seed, and there's always that letdown game. And unfortunately, yeah. in the tournament, you have that one letdown game, <laughs> and you disappear. And right. uh, unfortunately, they are done. But it was it was a fun ride while it was going yeah. on. And uh, Musselman's a very good coach, and he's got some good young talent. So hopefully, you know, getting Trayvon back with uh, – he had a uh, ACL injury at the beginning of the season was a main weapon. Yeah. But uh, I think things are looking up for the Razorbacks. So I, I'm kind of curious about next season, but it was fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, obviously, you'll be uh, paying attention at least for a few more years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm, making, I'm going to be making at least three donations for the next five years. Why not? Oh, now? no, really? Th- two more are going? Yeah. I don't, oh, I didn't tell you that. Yeah. No, I've got, you... uh, my, wow. my oldest is already there. Two of the triplets are going there. And then I've got one. Who's the outlier? LSU Tiger. One oh, LSU Tiger. So I'm you just got like, one going to LSU. Oh my Lord. Yeah. I mean, for this household. Uh, you guys are going to be, you, look, you're going to be bathed in uh, purple and gold. I, I mean, the arc- I don't look good in it, but I've got some. <laughs> who, who does? <laughs> the only thing pur- purple and gold people look good in are Mardi Gras beads. That's it. Otherwise, True. it's uh, it's no good. Well, wow, yeah, so you got not my daughters. Three, <laughs> three going to Arkansas, man. <laughs> three. Yep. Yeah. Well, so your money, so uh, your money and your loyalty will be divided <laughs> for the next few years amongst two it colleges. Will. <laughs> All right. Quick word for our sponsor. Uh, speaking of the tournament, uh, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Got a couple weeks of it left right here on my hat 
the University of Houston, baby, tonight. Coog's house. Coog's house. And it is tonight against Miami. By the way, mm. did you see Miami left a little note? They were like, we want Houston. I'm like, mm, don't, don't. Most people I mean, that ask for Houston get get all of Houston. Mm-mm. Don't, don't, don't want ask it. that. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Of course, uh, I saw I saw Brian McTaggart saying that um, – he was going to be watching Miami at Houston tonight, but it was the Marlins Astros. <laughs> not the, and I was like, oh, he's got to be stinging from that. A U of H alum himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is going to be that's going to be fun tonight. And here's the real crazy part. If U of H and Texas win tonight, guess who's playing on Sunday? And there will be a lot of divided loyalties in the city of Houston and the state of Texas. Woo, that would be fun. I would be a love lot it. Of this in H town. <laughs> That's exactly. You look and a on lot Instagram of this to get that and a lot one. of and a lot of this in Austin. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be Oh man, it's going to be intense. Uh, you'll find the latest odds, bracket contest, team matchup and game trends on Bet Online, updated odds for everything from live games, conference championships right through the final four to the championship game, which will be Right here in Houston, Texas, in a, in a little over a week. Bet online is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today to use your or use your mobile device to sign up. Get your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code BLEAV to get your bonus. BetOnline.ag where the game starts. So first, I want to uh, I want to throw this out at you real quick. I mean, we just talked about it a minute ago. The Sugarland Space Cowboys alternate uniforms are fire, man. I just, I literally, the yeah, literally Dulce de Sugarland, which was what they used last year uh, for uh, their Hispanic Heritage, you know, day weekend. I think is what they do. So this year they've got a uniform to match. Look, it's swag. I'm just going to say it right now. It is, it is swag. I will, I will endeavor to put a picture up on the video of this so everyone can get a view. Mm-hmm. The hat's already on the way to the house. I'm just saying, snap that boy up right before we got on the air, um, dude. Good for Sugarland. Um, there's some good stuff. Minor league baseball is just great. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah, I mean, I mean, once you get to the big leagues, there's the pride of wearing, you know, that that uniform or that logo yeah. that's been around for decades, if not centuries, with some of these teams. Yeah, right, but- no doubt. When you're in the minor leagues and you get to kind of mix it up a little bit and rep something a little bit different and kind of spice it up, man, some of these minor league teams do a very good job. So I already enjoyed the Space Cowboy logo that they have, spicing this thing up, throwing a little fire, even the colors that they did, you know, kind of that Mexican flag with the, the red, white, green. I was like, okay. That thing is taking a lot of heat right now, and that thing is is looking very good. So I yeah. appreciate the heck out of them doing that. Absolutely. And and I will tell you, too, um, mine, I saw last year that it was the first time they had ever done, instead of first pitch, they did first fetch, where they threw oh. out a ball and a dog brought it back. I'm like, why have they not been doing this all along? Who is that's the, too easy. That's genius, first yeah. fetch. It's brilliant. I love it. My dog, my only problem is, I have three dogs that will all catch a ball and none of them will bring it back. <laughs> so they'll grab it, certainly, and they'll just stand there with it and look at you like a moron So or or try to bury it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I've, they, got, I've got one, <laughs> our, dog, our dog, Chloe. I'm, if I, She's 11 years old now. And if I still mm. go out in the backyard and I say ball, oh. the ears perk up and she's gone and she'll bring it back every time. And she'll, she I'll, really? I'll get tired before she does. Oh, yeah. Some dogs love it. They just freaking mm-hmm. love it. They'll go after it anywhere. You can throw it in the middle of the ocean. They'll go dive in after it. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> um, we got we did get good news this week. Jordan returned. 
Um, did not get a hit, but smacked one to very deep center field. I mean, on the warning track. Uh, how are we feeling about Jordan now with this? I mean, I, it seems pretty likely now that he's going to be there for opening day. Is he completely healthy or do we even know? I'm not sure we know because I haven't had the opportunity to get down there. And obviously you've got to read, you know, Chandler Rome. You've got to read Brian McTaggart and try and catch up on some of this stuff. I know we are, we are going to broadcast uh, on Saturday, the 25th. Yeah. And uh, I believe that's an evening game on a Saturday. So there should be, a, you know, plenty of opportunities unless you're watching uh, March Madness. But yep. um, the fact that he is swinging the bat and creating impact is just huge for me right now. I could care less about the hits and the batting average. I think Jordan's even one of those guys that cares a little bit more about the exit velocities, which means he's getting the barrel to it. So mm-hmm. once he starts doing that and gets that consistent exit velocity, I think that he's going to be just fine. But isn't it kind of comforting knowing mm-hmm. with Altuve not being out for a while, Michael Brantley not being in the lineup immediately, okay. that having Jordan, there's a little bit of solace and comfort knowing that you're going to have that big man in the middle of the, of the lineup. Because even if he d- isn't getting hits, just the threat and the appearance of Jordan kind of yeah. changes the mentality and the vibe of that team. Well, sure. I mean, you can't do what you Darvish did to uh, um, uh, Kyle Schwarber the other day and heave a hanging split finger right down the middle because Jordan <laughs> will disappear that into the second deck the way Schwarber did. I mean, I feel like that's the thing with him. He's just he's a threat regardless. Um, it's weird that his hand has been an issue this long. Like it's kind of the same mm-hmm. issue he had last year. It's kind of an odd one. And if, and of course. Even with Dana Brown, the Astros are pretty hush-hush in their injury discussion, which is oh, still man. kind of They've funny been like to me. For years. It's amazing. It's like, what what do they always call it? Soreness? Discomfort. Or, discomfort. Thank you. It's some yeah. it's some he has right elbow discomfort. Like he he could be like the guy could be walking off the field with his arm literally separated from his body, and they'd be like, Oh, he has some arm discomfort. Like Well, I heard know. that when they watched Monty Python's, you know. Uh, history of the world or whatever it is. And that one scene with the Knights fighting, they were just, oh, it's, it's just left arm dis- you know, discomfort. He'll be fine. Come back. Come back, you cowards. <laughs> Come back, you cowards. Yeah, the Holy Grail is yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, the, the, with, the, with the Knights. Yeah, it's just a flesh, mere flesh wound. Yeah, that's just the, mere I, flesh discomfort. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Did you see the injury to the Phillies first baseman? Oh, I didn't see it, but I can't oh. believe what's going on with these guys. That's, I mean, that's tragic. Reese Hoskins is a huge piece. Yeah, it was an ugly. It was an. Ugly, he was just running into outfield. Like visually, it was it was tough to watch. Yeah, kind of. It just because no. he just crumpled. He just sort of crumpled. I hate seeing guys crumple. Like I, it's you know yes. Seeing yes. the leg breaks and all that stuff is really ugly. But just seeing a guy hit the ground and just be like, like, where they just collapse in on themselves. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a terrible feeling to see a guy do that. Yeah. I mean, you've got that. Edwin Diaz, Brandon Nimmo. Like, there are guys, there's a bunch of guys out there that are big names on that are going to miss teams. a lot of time. Yeah, on good teams that no, are going to miss a lot of time. You mentioned Edwin Diaz, uh, Brandon Nimmo had that funky mm-hmm. slide into second base, yep. sprained his knee and ankle. Yep. I don't know how long he's out. He'll probably be back sooner, but mm-hmm. uh, go out to uh, the West Coast. Gavin Lux, shortstop Gavin Lux. For, the, for, for the Dodgers. What are the Dodgers? The Dodgers are like, I mean, they really have some issues. They're, they're going to yeah. have to deal with some serious injury issues. I mean, look, everybody's going to deal with it. It is the great equalizer in all of sports. You know, it, 100%. It makes you good or it makes you bad. I mean, it's as they say, it's a war of attrition. 
And we found uh, that out last year with the Astros being yeah. their starting rotation being as healthy as they were. Yep. That was one of the key pieces of their success. Absolutely. And that brings me to our topic du jour. I always think of uh what was the time the, the team here. Is it yeah, that's right. But they always what was in the uh in Dumb and Dumber? It's like, what's the soup of the day? What's the soup du jour? It's the soup of the day. Mmm, sounds good. Mm, um, delicious. So first, we're going to start with one question for you, Blummer. And this is from yeah. Lou Lovestros, who follows us. He wants to know, like, first of all, what do you usually have for your own personal sort of, do you have any professional goals for yourself that you set throughout the year? Um, that's first. He has two questions. So I'll start you with that one. Do you have anything that you set up beginning year? I want to do this. Like, do I want a Peabody Award this year? Do I want, <laughs> <laughs> like, what do, you, what do you set for yourself? Well, I think the initial goal is not to get fired. <laughs> uh, oh it's so simple yeah it's so sort simple of. but you i mean you'll you're getting to know me and i'm sure if you've listened to astros baseball over the years you know that there's moments where i start a sentence and i don't necessarily finish it the way you the way you think i'm gonna finish it and uh, i've been called into the principal's office quite a bit but i've developed a good relationship thankfully with the principal of our organization and uh we've come to an understanding that i will try and be a little more uh thoughtful in what I say. And, genteel, uh, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Genteel. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to have my moments. So, you know, I'm always thinking about, uh, you know, just having a good season. Luckily, I'm I'm on a team with Julia Morales and Todd Callis to where yeah. I've I've won two Emmys. So the the fact that I can add to that with them and riding their coattails, I think that's probably the the best goal is to go out there and put on a good show, be entertaining, teach, I think that might be the greatest goal I've gotten since I've started this thing. And the one main goal I've kind of focused on, it's literally written in the front of uh, some of the binders I've had, is uh, you know speak to that 12-year-old kid. I don't know if we've talked about it, but I'm speaking to that 12-year-old kid uh, that plays the sport. And that's kind of my main goal every single season. And to learn as much as I can, because the game's evolving you know, mm-hmm. so rapidly these days that uh, you know even a decade removed from playing, some of the some of the language they use, I want to know. Some of the statistics they use, I want to know. Yeah. And uh, it won't necessarily be front office numbers. I'll go ask uh, uh, Troy Snicker. I'll be like, when you're when you're looking at another team, what number or what number are you trying to boost? Are you looking at that maybe you can start picking these guys apart? So I've got some of those numbers, but that's basically about it. Is just to go out there, try and have as much fun as I can, and mm-hmm. learn and provide as much knowledge as I can. That's interesting. The twelve year old kid. That's a that's a good way of doing it. Um, you know, you in journalism, the, so, sorry, same thing so in journalism. Theory, yeah, but the theory behind it for me was that's when I fell in love with the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. Is at twelve years old. You know, I was watching some of these guys. I got l- a little bit better, but I, I just want to encourage the love for the game, and that's kind of when I found it. That's super cool. That's a that's a really good approach to it. His other question was, does your approach to that change during the course of the year? Like, for example, do you do you sort of ramp up the as you get to later in the year, do you start getting a little more technical with people hoping that while mm-hmm. they've been following along, they know a little bit more? How do you how do you sort of progress throughout the season? Yeah, you know what? Coming out of spring training, and in spring training, you're just kind of having fun, picking guys apart, and just uh, you mm-hmm. know speculating a little bit. But I think when you finally break camp and you get into those first couple of months, you're kind of looking at 
the organizations that you're playing against. You know, where did this guy set up in spring? Where is he at now? What, uh, you know, what adjustments did they make to get to this point? What are they looking forward, moving forward? So it's a little bit more of a, you know, the 50,000 foot view of of organizations. And then you start to, as you get further in the game, you can start to pick apart some of the strategy and maybe anticipate some of the moves or explain some of the plays a little bit better. But I always err on the side of the fan understanding the moments we're in instead of continuing to perpetuate that same, you know, uh, narrative throughout the course of the season. I'll just move on. I'll be like, this is where this team's at now. The Astros are coming in hot. This team is not. This is great timing. And uh, we'll, st- we'll talk. I'll take it series by series instead of trying to look at the bigger picture. And I'll really start to narrow down and look at matchups, too. I think that's a lot of the fun because oh, we yeah. all have an idea of how the season may go or the, or the way we expect things to go. But when they alter or change a little bit or you get a surprise like Christian mm-hmm. Javier last year, mm-hmm. right. then you start to look at how does this team face the fastball that Christian brings? And that's when you can kind of create a little more fun and get a little more in-depth. That's cool. I love all of that. I think that's a really smart approach. Um, I think too, when you're when you're dealing with that stuff, there's so many games also. And to me, yeah. it seems like there's so much, there's such an ample time to get into the minutiae of everything mm-hmm. that happens that it is good to sort of simplify and not try to overwhelm anybody with, you know, with with stats and whatever else. And and obviously, Blummer, you have to. <laughs> There's so much time. I I could see where it would be easy to make a mistake. I remember a guy from the Rockets years ago telling me that when Calvin Murphy was still the color commentator with Bill Worrell, that he would often bring up the names of uh, competitors to their sponsors in the broadcast (laughs) without thinking about it. Like you need to know that as a color know. guy, man. He'd say something like, "Well, you go." It says, hey, "You got to go have a coke and a smile," and they're and they're you know Pepsi. They're repping Pepsi or whatever, <laughs> and he would do that all day. Like, Calvin, you can't say that. And he's like, "I don't know," you know. So, yeah, that's that kind of thing. Obviously, that's that takes some prep. It does take some prep. The biggest mistake I've well, I've made plenty of mistakes, <laughs> but locally, as far as the uh, mm-hmm. as far as sponsorships are concerned. Know how to pronunciate, oh. pronunciate some of these guys because I mean Halliburton. Somebody hit one off the Schlumberger sign oh, out in left field, <laughs> and I mean in the moment I'm like off the Schlumberger, and I went, ah, oh, dear God, and I had to correct it later, but it was, but it was well past the point of just getting roasted on Twitter. So off the yeah, Schlumberger, know, know, know your sponsors, don't have any conflicting interest, and know how to pronounce. Hey, Schlumberger should have a Schlumberger. They should have <laughs> in the ballpark. Well, Somebody should put together. Mark Grace used when he was not hitting well. Hey, by the way, Slumberjay, if you feel like sponsored a podcast, <laughs> yes, we're here. We're, we're here, here, and we and we promise we promise to pronounce it correctly. I swear to God, I'll write it. I'll put it on my monitor right up here in big words mm-hmm. spelled out. Do you do, do you get your stuff spelled out for you, like in phonetically? Yeah, when people and hand you, you know stuff. What? Uh, yeah. To you know, all these PR staffs for all the team are very good at get up getting yeah. pronunciations out there. Yeah. Um, if I have any doubts, I ask TK, and if TK and I don't know, we go next door to the PR guy or the uh, the opposing team's broadcasters and say, "Help me out." And that's that's really common knowledge because no. you know, having been a Geoff Bloom for most of my life, <laughs> I. You know, I, I respect the families that are watching our broadcast, and I want to get G the names off. as right as I can. 
Hey, having been a, first of all, bulk forever, which is the one that everybody gets. <laughs> but here's here's the one that everybody does, Balky. And it's only because of Perfect Strangers, the television show from the 80s, yes. where the guy's first Hidden name was, right there. was Balky Bartokamus, right? Mm-hmm. And so everybody's like, cousin, ba-, they're always like, you know, hey, cousin Larry, you're Balky. And I'm like, no, it's not Balky, it's Balky. It's okay. I've many times considered just changing my name to Blake and making it easier on everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, like to- ha ha, shut up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to hell with all y'all now. Y'all can say whatever you want. Call me whatever yeah. y'all want. I'm fine with it. All right. So let's dig into something. I did, I, my fa- I spoke to my father-in-law earlier today, and was, we've discussed he's a huge baseball fan, huge Astros fan. And we were talking, he is also has the distinction of being one of the most pessimistic sports fans in the history of sports. He is convinced at all at the beginning of every season that his team is going to be terrible. It's just how it is. And he has to be proven wrong. So I thought it might be fun since we are at the end, getting to the end of uh, spring training in the beginning of the season to take a little bit of a pessimistic view of what might happen and then let you Jeff Blum, the expert and color commentator for the Astros, talk us pessimistic Astros fans off the ledge. <laughs> because That's my I, job. I, I exactly, love it. exactly. So I'm going to give you a few scenarios, and I'm going to let you say why you think that's not going to happen, and we'll and we'll see where where we go with this. And hopefully, by the end of this, my father in law will be feeling better about the team. Mm-hmm. And also, let's be honest, it's Houston sport hashtag Houston sports. So everybody's a little, a little sense. We know that's the truth. <laughs> you know, it is. It's hashtag Houston sports. That's how it goes. Okay. So first up is the pitching rotation. One of his concerns, and I think many of us share it, is that we will end up having a short and, you know, a short on pitching due to injuries. I mean, we've seen with McCullers, McCullers has only pitched more than 150 innings once in his career and other years, he's never pitched more than 130. Um, why is this year going to be any different for him or for, you know, to contrast that, why does it not matter? <laughs> Let's see. Why is it going to be th- different this year for Lance McCullers? I think, that, you know, every year that you, you live on this earth, obviously you gain a little more knowledge a little more understanding. And just in some of the conversations with Lance McCullers, just kind of, you know, trying to get in inside the head because he, he's a fierce competitor. He, is. he has got absolutely wipe out dominant, freakishly great stuff and movement. So mm-hmm. he, he wants to be right. And when he is right, he is very good. That being said, you know, the little bit of a tweak in the elbow, I can't blame him for being a little more cautious because of the past history of injury. So you're going to be a little more cautious in certain areas of your body. If it's his lower half, he's going to be like, okay, I'll work through it. But because it's the elbow, I think, and knowing that he puts a lot of torque and a lot of spin on the baseball, I think he understands that that's his bread and butter. So I can't go out there and half-ass this thing. I've got to be able Mm. to go out there and throw it. So that's where I think his brain is at. But that being said, he's also a guy that really understands the the physicality of himself. He understands yeah. his body as well as anybody on the planet because of him. So. But he's also studied a little bit and understands what it takes for him to go out there and be successful. So I think the understanding is make sure that the you know the structure is is sound, which it sounds like it is from some of the reports we get, mm-hmm. and then make sure that the muscles around that structure are strong. And I would imagine he's working his butt off right now to make sure that that arm is strong 
that the lower half is cooperating with the upper half so that he can be in sync and maximize the spin that he has. And he'll be back and he'll be back when he's good and ready. I think that he's a guy that understands that coming back too soon can create problems Yeah, and coming back a little bit later creates the opportunity to pitch in October. So I think once Lance comes back and the hope is that when he does come back, he is Lance McCullers Jr. And right. that's where the hope lies and him being who he is. Yeah. You know, and something I thought about too, when I was, when I was just pondering all this is that, you know, Lance McCullers, he does have the advantage of, of having been through this and knowing what the situation is and knowing what to do and what not to do. You know, Mm -hmm. if he thinks he's not really quite there, go ahead and let him sit, you know, let him do what he needs to. It'll be, it's not going to be easy on the pitching staff, but everybody in the league has to deal with pitching injuries. That's part of the deal. Nobody has, nobody's six deep. You know what I mean? No, no. Everybody's um, everybody's an injury away from having their rotation disrupted. I mean, you can yeah. say that about the Dodgers. They're not going to have Walker Bueller all year. Yep. But if Dustin May can't get through the season, then they're going to they're going to be struggling too. So it, it's yeah. everywhere. This is no different than every twenty nine other teams. Yeah, exactly. Okay. The next one is that we've got last year. We dealt with the decline of Yuli Gurriel. Obviously, mm-hmm. did very well in the postseason, but overall, his his you know numbers. Uh, in the regular season were not good. You know, now he's no longer here. Um, we have three guys. Well, really, we have two. And Michael Brantley and, and uh, Jose Abreu, both older guys. Um, Brantley obviously coming off an injury year. Abreu coming off, for him, what is kind of a down season. And then we have Jose Altuve injured. And Jose Altuve was great over about two months of the season last year. Man, but Kind of oh, just mediocre during the rest of the time, and then really did struggle in the postseason. So we've got three guys that are aging. Are are we worried that we are going to see some of these guys in decline uh, for the kind of the first times in their in their respective careers? Man, that's a good one. I don't. I. Okay. I, I don't think so immediately, mm-hmm. you know, maybe two or three years from now, if we're, we're still friends and we're still doing podcasts <laughs> together, maybe we have a different discussion about it. But right. I think in this, in this friends, upcoming year, plumber. how dare you, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean if we're still friends, don't I'm start just, nothing, won't be yeah. nothing. <laughs> 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 Sorry, continue. Um, no, but <clears throat> just to take Brantley for instance, uh, he, he he was hitting very well last year with a bad shoulder. Yeah, and yes, he has another year under his belt. But at the same time, he had the surgery he needed to have. He is there's another guy with a work ethic beyond belief, and he's worked his ass off to come back and be sure. healthy. And he's another guy that wants when he does come back to be a hundred percent because that's he wants to be the best version of himself. We all want him to be the best version of himself because he's a 315, 75 to 90 RBI guy. Mm-hmm. And I think that he is going to be fine this year. I think he's just too good of a hitter and take into account the shift. He's not going to have to hit into the shift or manipulate the baseball. So he's going to stay up the middle, take his knocks, move guys around, drive the ball. Who knows? Maybe he drives the ball more because now he's got a shoulder that's going to stay intact and he can release a little bit more. Who knows? Yeah, you just so have to wonder kind of, how long yeah. that shoulder was bothering him. Exactly. So that's kind of my hope for him. Jose Altuve, from what I saw until the broken thumb, I didn't see any regression. And what I mean by that is Jose Altuve, he he's he's a bona fide silver slugger batting champ type guy. Yeah. He's gonna get 180 to 200 hits if he's playing 600 plus at bats. 
But the thing for Jose Altuve, Altuve that really separates him from some of those guys, you know, in the Wade Boggs, Tony Gwynn, uh, mm-hmm. Michael Brantley type categories, the dude can run. And I didn't see yeah. any flaw or any lack of speed or any alteration in how he ran in spring training this year up until the injury. So his legs being under him, that's the one thing I would watch with Jose Altuve. If his legs start to slow down a little bit, mm-hmm. then you can start to say, okay, maybe he's not that 300 guy because he's not going to beat out the infield hits, be able to lay down that's a, a bunt and do things like that. But once the legs leave, the dude's still going to hit. You can't, you can't take the ability to hit away from these guys. So I think that he's going to be all right. I think that they're going to be fine. I think uh, I think the work is going to be getting those guys extensions, him and the Alex Bregmans of those ball clubs, mm-hmm. and you're going to see those guys playing and finish their careers in the Astros. Great. Um, so I do. I, I wondered this myself. My father brought it up, talking about how the depth is a bit thin. You know, when mm-hmm. you look at it um, – the pitching lineup, we can we can debate whether or not. But when you look at the when you look at the lineup overall, uh, you've got you know center field is a kind of a big question mark. We don't know what we're going to get from Chaz and and from uh, Jake Myers. We don't know if Pedro Leon's going to get a, a shot at all early in the season. Um, we're not sure about what's going to happen at catcher. Um, I think that's still a, a question mark at this point. Are those guys going to be able to hit? And can Martin Maldonado stay healthy for? I, I mean, look, I, I'd never bet against Martin Maldonado. I wouldn't yeah, bet against. I wouldn't bet against him in anything. Like I wouldn't bet against him if he somebody was saying he makes the best, you know, French fries that you know, on the planet. I'd be like, I, I believe it. Like because he's just <laughs> the type of dude that I feel like if he says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But. Even if he doesn't play, you know, just he's not going to play a full season. You can't want him out there for that no many that is. many no, games. You no. just can't. So let's say you try to limit him to 135, 145 games. You know, you've got other guys that are going to have to come in there and play, and you're going to need to rotate guys in and out for DH purposes and just rest. Mm-hmm. That that is one that I do think because you look at it, you lose one or two guys, and suddenly the Astros lineup does seem a little meh. Yeah, it can get to that point. But again, it's going to be on Dusty being able to manipulate that lineup, give guys days off when they need it and get them in there. And I know, you know, I, I've done a couple of, of uh, podcasts and radio interviews, you know, after the Altuve injury and knowing that Michael Brantley's not going to be on there. Your mm-hmm. Don just starting to swing. So a lot of these American League West teams are actually kind of excited about the beginning of the season, which I find I can totally understandable. Sure. And uh, we may have talked about it before, but getting off to a gr- good start and creating a little bit of a cushion in the West seems possible if you're able to get past the mm-hmm. Astros pitching and take advantage of your own situation if you're the Seattle Mariners or the Los, Los Angeles Angels of say, San Gabriel Hills or whatever it is, <laughs> you know, if if they can get off to a hot start. So I think it's a there's a little more pressure actually early on, on some of these other American League West teams to yeah. get off to that hot start because – if if you do see a hiccup this season, it's early on, not having yeah. Altuve or 100% Alvarez or Michael Brantley in that lineup. Uh, you're probably going to see a lot more of David Hensley. You're going to see a lot more of Mauricio Dubon. And like you said about, right. is it Jake or is it Chaz in center? What games is Corey Lee or uh, Yiner Diaz going to catch? Who are they going to catch? I think that's right. probably the bigger question. That is. That's um, a good question. Be- because Maldi works so good with some of these young guys. Would it be a veteran that they don't have to necessarily worry about all that much? Right. But, um, you know, defensively without Altuve not in that 
you got to think about it defensively. Defense for the Astros over the last seven years has been phenomenal and made their pitching that much better. And that's where I kind of worry about not having an athletic Jose Altuve at second base without the shift being implemented. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I do wonder if Pitchcom is going to help these catchers some. You know, pitchers are going to be able to really kind of – there's not going to be as big an issue with going back and forth on signs and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think think they're – when we talked about it, health is like, you know, everybody got to be healthy. And, by the way, if I'm the AL West teams, you better get it while you can. Because I, I, I really feel that's going to be paramount for them. Because I also get the sense, you know, the, the one thing about the Astros that's always been true about this group is they just, they're not a group that takes lightly anything. And they're not a group that's sort of like, oh, well, you know, they've struggled, so they're probably not going to get better. They don't get down on themselves. They kind of get mm-hmm. the opposite. They get a little pissed off when things don't go well. And when people start to count them out. So if I'm AL West teams, you better cushion up because I have a feeling if they don't do well at the beginning of the year, there's going to be a run, assuming yeah. they can get healthy. Uh, well, and so you better get the cushion right. you can. I think, you're, I think you're right in the sense that they love the hate. Oh, you know, they do. They love the hate at full strength. And now they're going to get even more. And, it, you know, they're they're going to be pushed down because they don't have some key people in their lineup. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, oh, really? You think that's going to be an issue? Tell me Alex Bregman's not going to David Hensley or Jake Myers or, you know, Yiner right. Diaz and saying, hey, I don't give a damn what's going on. You're our guy. And when you're in this lineup, you are a major piece of this lineup. Let's go. Right. And. You got to feel like too. If I, I don't know how he is personally, uh, I've never really even read many interviews with him. But I've got to believe Jose Abreu might take it a little personally <laughs> if people are like, "Well, you know, the Astros aren't going to be as good with the line." Say, like, "Hey, man, uh, did y'all forget about me down yeah. here?" Like, I, got I might MVP take trophy a couple of years ago. You want you check I, it out again? Yeah, I might. I might take that a little personal if I'm them. Um, so here's a question I had for you relating to this, and then we can uh, we can I have one other thing, and then we can let, we can go. But um, do you think the shift is going to impact ground ball pitchers negatively? Because we do have a couple of very very good ground ball pitchers on this team. I wonder, do you think it's going to have an impact on them, or do you think they're going to be just as good as they always have been? Man, that's a good question because we've got Fromber Valdez who lives right around 60% on yep. his ground ball rate and makes a living of getting out of jams with uh, he does. the ground ball. So I, on the left side of the field, hell no. I mean, <laughs> you've got some of the, you've got two shortstops playing the left side of the field already between right. Alex Bregman and, and Jeremy Pena. So yeah. I think you're going to see them, they're going to exploit their athleticism a little bit better knowing that they don't have to shift as much, but they're going to have to cover more ground. And that's where I kind of go back to Altuve not being at second base is who's going to be able to cover that kind of ground and play some defense. And that's where the, I think Dusty's going to have to make a decision. Do I want the offensive lineup or do I want the, the range and defensive lineup where it might, you know, you might go that angle, but um, Jose Abreu is no slouch. I mean, he's going to go over there. He might, he's, he's working with Joe Espada. But he's going to be able to go over there and pick some balls. But I'm with you in the sense that uh, there's going to be – it's going to be interesting because Fromber was so good, so consistent, and so predictable mm-hmm. that you could exploit the shift with him on the mound. 
Now you don't have the excessive shifting going on. Is he going to be as good? That'll be something to watch throughout the course of the season. I feel like personally. Too, oh yeah, go ahead. Selfish, selfishly, I think he's going to be fine. I don't think it's going to be as big a deal against left-handed hitters either, because he yeah. pitches it tails away from those guys. Um, but he's going to have to turn. He's going to have to go in hard on some righties so they pull yeah. the ball. You know, and that'll that'll sort of help solve some of that problem. It'll be interesting. Okay, so. Bottom line is no need to be pessimistic. Be optimistic, bro. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. have a ring ceremony. It's gonna be it's hashtag gold rush. You guys are gonna be wearing gold out there. Oh my I mean, God. come on, the gold. So one one last thing that I just had to get your uh, your opinion on. I don't know if you've read this, but now Major League Baseball has said in order to keep up with the speeding up of the game, they're going to be tracking. Bat boys and bat girl speed. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let the kids be kids. What are Come we on, doing? What are we doing? If you're worried about the speed of a like a 13-year-old kid, I mean he doesn't have a bat ready for a guy when it breaks. Come on, man. You need you need to anal I mean, come on. These are not like you're not paying them major money. This is like a huge deal for these kids. And you're going to put the pressure on them to like hustle at. Come on, man. That is, to me, that is, it feels very Rob Manfredy. I'm just going to say it. I mean, I'm going to reiterate it. I think it's very Manfredy. <laughs> oh, God. They don't do a bad job. They all do a great job. You're watching these spring training games where they don't have ball boys down there, ball girls down the line. Yeah, so, I mean, how do you judge it on spring training? You're judging them on spring training? I mean, talk about ridiculous. practice? Come <laughs> practice? On, uh, yeah. You know what You know what Manfred's going to say if they don't run fast enough? He's going to be like, you ain't playing, kid. That's what he's going to tell them. It's like, it's like come Damn. on, Manfred. That is, and then, and then they'll be like, sorry about it. Um, <laughs> 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 the more blum drop. But I just can't, I can't fathom telling a 13 year old, listen. Why do you need to bring that up? Why do you he need to bring that up? And by the way, do they have a timer? Is somebody shooting them with a radar gun to see how fast Hold they're getting on. back? So I, there, what do we talk about now when guys are running to first base? Sprint speed. What do we uh. talk about when they get a break in the outfield, their first step? Are you kidding me? Rob Manfred's going to train StatCast radars and everything or Hawkeye on a ball boy or ball girl, bat boy, bat girl. I mean, come on. What are we doing? We're going to sit there and say, you know, Joe, Joey bag of donuts didn't get to the bat quick enough. What the? Come on, man. I mean, I'm so I, I, I was reading this today and it, just looking at it to myself and going, listen, listen, base major league baseball. Can I have a minute? <laughs> We need yeah. a word. I mean, it just reeks of micromanaging. You've just got to. I mean, come on, man. Just come on. This is the whole point of the game. And I and look, I understand speeding it up, but a kid, a few extra seconds from a kid is not going to speed up or it's not going to change the te- the tenor of a game, right? Yeah. But it's my not. thing too is. <clears throat> Why would you alienate the kids, man? Like, why would you, of all people, the very people that Blummer is trying to talk to in every game, why would you try to alienate them? Like, what is the point, man? You are just... That's a really good point. It's the snake that eat, bites its own tail. Just like, stop. Stop. Mm-hmm. And why even mention it? Like, honestly, okay, let's say they thought about it. Let's say it was part of their sort of, you know, why didn't they just hush-hush it? Listen, 
They are more than happy to hush-hush their discipline on their officials. Nobody ever hears about guys getting disciplined when they don't call a game well. And we still got Angel Hernandez out there like acting a fool every damn game. But yet you're going to publicly say we're going to uh, we're going to check these kids to make sure you got to keep that speed up, Johnny or Jane. Yeah. All you Ugh. had to do is just say, just keep an eye on it. You know, do just yes. do your job. And if you if you if there's a hiccup, there's a hiccup. We'll adjust later. I mean, right. Do you I get mean, like do you get reprimanded or do you get uh do you get demerits on your performance? I mean, right. is it gonna be like a rating scale like they give the umpires? Like, well, you didn't do a very good job of getting the pine tar to the hitter quick enough. You know, you're gonna be demoted to washing jock straps next week. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe some kid goes like full millennial and just like, I don't wanna get the bat. And then fine, go ahead and yeah. go ahead and make them make them go work at a grocery store sacking groceries. Fine. But like if if you like otherwise. I get it if you've got some kid who's like not doesn't want to do it the gig, but come on, they're children. They are children, Rob Manfred. Who came? I want to know who came up with this rule, and and I want to know if his name Somebody is who hates people. Is his name Scrooge? Because I feel like it must there be. There he is. I, I feel like it's it's Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's some jackass who was like, you know what, would really help. He's probably he was some guy who uh, like an auditor. He's like, you know, I was what, just really, going to say some bean counter in, yeah. at Wall Street that was like, I got an idea. You know what, kids? You guys really need to speed up out there on the on the diamond. You know, you've probably never been on a diamond. Some dude in the corner sitting there in the last hour and a half of that meeting going, oh, I, I wait no. until I drop this one on Manfred. He's going to love it. It's like that. Just no. That's what I have to say on the whole thing. <laughs> Let just, the kids be kids, man. No. For the love of God. It was like Chris Farley. <laughs> For the love of God. <laughs> Let the man have his. So, all right. For well, all that is holy. <laughs> exactly. Just for all that is holy. Let the kids be kids. All right, Blummer. Um, you got any big. Well, you're calling games this weekend, I assume. I am. Yeah. you I got. Gonna, I'm actually going to work. Are you Are you going to be here? Are you going to Are you going to Florida? What's happening? Nope. Worst case scenario, I'm we, we are going retro back to 2020, and I will oh. be in the studio downtown at AT and T Sportsnet SW for the time being, and I'll be in studio right. and calling the game while the boys are out in West Palm Beach. But on the 27th, I believe they will be playing against. That's right. The Dolce's <laughs> Dulce de Sugarland. The Dulce de Sugarland. That's right. Yeah. On the 27th, and I'll be I'll be on site at uh, Constellation Field for that. So I'm nice. that, that will be a lot of fun. Are they going to bring out? Do they have like parabolic mics so they can pipe in the crowd noise for you when you're sitting in the studio? They actually do. Yeah, I figured they, funny, would. they have There was like a soundtrack that they were able to kind of kind of pump in there because if you remember, oh yeah, the there were fans. cutouts had faces the but no arms. Cutouts. They had no arms. I didn't remember no. that. They had oh, faces wait, but no arms. <laughs> oh no! Do you have one? Get out! Holy! <laughs> Look at, did that's they? My wife, right? There. I was going to say, did they slice out, your wife's head off? That's yeah, not I mean, right. This is like the ultimate like breakup photo. If you're. <laughs> If you're not on YouTube, you go on YouTube and look at Blummer's cardboard cutout where he apparently only has shoulders. Yeah, also, also your head is extremely large in that photo. I'm just going to say We it. know this. <laughs> and and don't slice your wife's head. That ain't right. Dude, what? I mean, what? 
Poor, it's, poor, poor couldn't wife. you have sliced a little bit more and take a better half? I mean, oh my God. Yeah, she certainly would have looked better on there. Than, it's like, I think my wife would have been bad. Like, she'd be like, why did y'all leave a third of my face? Did y'all just, but Blummer, that's pretty great that they put, where did they put you in the stands? Where were you? I have no idea. Have no I know. Idea? I know that in in Seattle, I was in the first row next to John Legend. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> he, he was like, he was. He turned to you. His cardboard cutout turned to you at one point and started singing all of me. Yeah. <laughs> right next to John Legend. Is that the closest you've ever been to John Legend? That's the closest I've ever been to any legend. (laughs) Fair (laughs) enough. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us again on another fun-filled episode. Blummer with – are you stroking your cardboard cutout, Blummer? Nothing to see here. (laughs) This seems – it's getting weird. It it got real weird. It it took a turn. I still be feeling the effects. (laughs) No, it took a turn. At least it's not a – at least it's not a blow-up doll. could be worse. At least it's just a cardboard. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks to everybody for listening and viewing. Although I'm not sure after this one, if if, uh, some of you aren't going to change your mind, (laughs) you've been, um, be sure and go and vote for us on best podcast thing because well, (laughs) with this kind of content, how could you not? And uh, keep subscribing and commenting. Uh, Let us know what you think about Blum's cardboard cutout. I'd be fascinated to hear. And uh, obviously, we're very thankful that all you guys are, are still listening. You might not be listening tomorrow, but thank you for listening today. And uh, Blum, that is a... If you guys are... You guys got to watch this on YouTube. There's too much good content for only, for only for audio. Oh, my God. And don't forget, go Cougs tonight. Take down go Miami. And, uh, and then go Texas because I want to see a UT U of H game. I think that's going to be fabulous. All right. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next week. Go Astros. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.